2: Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on V-SAN, the sports betting network.
5: Welcome back. This is hour number two of the Lombardi Line, presented by bet mgm Femi Abbefe, alongside Mike Palm, filling in for Michael Lombardi. We're hanging out here at the Veasan studios at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Still to come this hour in 30 minutes, Andy Vasquez. Of the star ledger and nj.com he covers the new york jets i wonder what we'll ask andy <laughs> i wonder what we'll talk about with him as it could be a big couple of days coming up here for gang green but joining us now to kick off our number two it's our guy hall of fame odds maker over at the south point hotel and casino vinnie Mayulo. vinnie we appreciate the time as always we're talking a little bit about it during the break i want to carry that conversation on to the air here it, it, the secret's out. Vegas is the place to be, not only just during the NCAA tournament, but also during Champ Week.
6: Well, good to be with you, Femi. Mike, I miss you, buddy. I spent a year and a half with you next to me on this desk, but now I get to see you, so I'm I'm, I'm glad to see you, glad to chat with you today. Um, I think, uh, you you know, Femi, to your point, there was a time, you know, within the last decade, we've seen Championship Week grow uh, significantly, right? I mean, there's there are folks that can't necessarily make it here, perhaps uh, for the uh, the big dance, if you will. Um, but they've made the adjustments to come here for Championship Week because the games are so meaningful. There's a lot of teams uh, that are on the bubble, so they make the games much more interesting. Dogs, are, you know, are are alive. We saw the dogs barking uh, a lot yesterday morning, and uh, the fact that uh, we've got five of the conference tournaments here. Uh, in recent years also adds to it so uh, there was a time when it was real quiet between the Super Bowl and March Madness not the case now a little bit of a a a couple of a few days lull after the Super Bowl but uh, certainly with the with the conference tournaments uh, whether they're here or out of state folks migrate to them and they are certainly uh, at the forefront of all the sports wagering uh, this time of year. You
7: know Vin we even saw it and and Nice to talk to you again, too. Uh, our other buddy, Amal Shaw, has worked with everybody on the network since then. We we've kind of kind of been a little more a little more consistent, but uh, you know we even saw it last week. And with more of these conference tournaments, you know, it's now a two weeks uh, of these conference tournaments. Vin, you know, one of our biggest yep. liabilities here for the national championship is Miami of Florida. And I was talking to Thomas Gable from the Borgata. He says they're a top three liability for them. Do you guys have any liability on Miami, or or who are your uh, worst outcomes over there at the South Point,
6: Mike. Great question, and uh, yeah, we can all share in the uh, in the potential misery, you know, or or the potential stimulation of the economy. Right when you think about it, uh, another another long shot opened them up uh, a year ago at two hundred to one, and uh, you know, when you look at Laranaga's team, dangerous. You, could, you know, certainly, I think overall, Mike, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, you know that, uh, and I know Matt Metcalf and and uh, Benson and the folks uh, Nikki and Rich, all the, the entire team there will will realize. I think they're the cream of the crop in the ACC. The ACC may be down, uh, but this is a dangerous team. The way they play. Ah, uh, their style of play. So uh, down to uh, less than twenty four, we were at twenty five to one last week, and uh, they just continue to bet them. So certainly a live dog there, another two hundred to one shot uh, out of the uh, the conference that I have rated number one. you know, Mike you and I have talked in the past about rating, not only rating teams but rating conferences. Uh, Kansas State, even though they uh, they went down yesterday, Uh, They were 200 to one, so there's some liability there. I I still think that uh, they're uh, uh, a definite. uh, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna get in. uh, But uh, of course, that's uh, we'll we'll find that out on Sunday. Um, And uh, you know, uh, when when you look at those teams, Mike. You know, even uh, a team like uh, a, a TCU. Uh, at one time, a eighty to one. Uh, you know they're they're dangerous, and uh, they they could get there. So and a Florida Atlantic. Let's really look at a, at a long shot. And you say, well, Florida Atlantic. What is that? You know, this is a team that is very much under the radar, but yet something about that team that's real interesting and that makes them so dangerous is they they have the number one bench scoring. Uh, in the country, and that's something that you want to pay attention to when you uh, when you head into uh, uh, March Madness, into the big dance uh, next week.
7: Yeah, speaking of TCU, don't win by 20 at Fog and not be ultra-talented. ultra, <laughs> ultra talented. Man, An uh, interesting point that you made up about rating the conferences, and Femi and I were talking about this earlier. I think in most people's minds, the SEC is clearly the second-best conference behind the Big 12, but I think the Big East is a lot closer to the SEC than people think.
6: Love your point, Mike. I, I'm in total agreement there. Uh, I've got uh, I've got the the Big 12. I've got the SEC. I've got uh, the Big East, and then the Big Ten. Uh, but I do have the Big uh, the Big East a, a, a little bit farther. Well, I think the way, particularly the way Marquette has played uh, recently, and they're playing much better defense. Very dangerous team, even though they struggled against St. John's yesterday. Uh, then I've got uh, the ACC. But uh, uh, you know, I know that some folks. Uh, out there Uh, they've got uh, they've got uh, the Big Ten maybe with the most bids I you know what I I wouldn't be surprised if that does does not occur I do have uh, both uh, the uh, the Big 12 and the SEC one and two in my ratings we're speaking with
5: Vinny Maiulo Hall of Fame odds maker over at the South Point Hotel and Casino talking all things college hoops Vinny the conference tournaments are unlike any other time in the college basketball season, even different than the NCAA tournaments. Because you at least have a day in between the games when they have the little weekend pods that they play. Mm-hmm. When it's sometimes some of these teams could go five games in five days, like maybe in Ohio State, which they're trying to do in the Big Ten. Do you find yourself as oddsmakers almost trying to play catch up and almost over adjust on some of these teams that? Are thought of as lesser than heading into a conference tournament, but then maybe start to make a little bit of a run. Like, how do you go about making those numbers when you don't have a whole lot of time in between the games since they're going back to back to back to back?
6: Well, you know, current form means so much, Femi. To your point, right? And that's important. And uh, you know, who's who's desperate? I mean, you know, when you're, you're talking about Ohio State, which is a good example. You know, Michigan State uh, all year long. It's you know, Michigan State they not only you know play uh, their conference schedule. Uh, but they play a very uh, a, a good, a strong non-conference schedule. In fact, I think they have uh, the best uh, non-conference schedule uh, in terms of strength of schedule uh, uh, out of anybody in uh, in the Big Ten. But that said, you know what? It's it, you're just you're adjusting as you as the days go. Uh, you know you don't want to over adjust. You still want to make sure you, you know, Sure, are we paying attention to a desperate Ohio State team? Yeah. But again, uh, taking into consideration who they're playing, how many games they've played. To your point. Uh, But points are valuable too. At this time of year, we've seen it, right? There are two times of the year, and Mike knows this very well. uh, Also, that uh, you know where points are at a premium, and that's in the beginning of the season, that first three-week period, four weeks maybe, uh, going in at the at the start of the season. But also at this time of year, particularly with teams that are in desperation mode, and Ohio State's a good example of that, Femi.
7: Vinny, will you guys be doing your uh, quad bracket again, where you you list the teams A, B, C, D, and you get to bet w- which one of those uh, groups is going to win the national championship?
6: Yeah, great. You know, I was just talking to Chrisy about that. Uh, Chrissy <laughs> Andrews, our director, Mike, and we are going to do that. That's a popular one, of course. You know, um, you know, you will see. You know, to uh, you know, we'll have the individual uh, future book up. Uh, we'll have the regional future book, but we'll have you know uh, to win it by conference. Uh, yeah, to win it by seeds. Uh, and, of course, Mike, one of the one of the ones that you know all too well, uh, I think you were here uh, a few years back when we put up the first to 15. You know, some places put up first mm-hmm. to 10, first to 15, first to 20. We put up first to 15. That's one of the more popular props. But we are uh, starting to accumulate and put together our, uh, you know, four. I think it's going to be four uh, brackets this year, Mike, an index bet where you'll be able to pick a group uh, for the championship team to come out of. And that's always uh, been a, a popular uh, prop here at South Point.
5: Which games are seeing uh, the most betting action today?
6: Well, I think you know we've already seen uh, a lot of action uh, uh, with, uh, with uh, the Rutgers and Purdue game. Uh, they, uh, uh, they did lay the favorite here with, uh, with Purdue. Uh, so that we wound up closing that game at six and a half, Emmy. But, uh, I mean, just you know, every game, there's just been, you know, uh, and, and as Mike can attest, I mean, you guys are sitting there, uh, you know, with the uh, above the book at, at Circa, just like uh, I'm here at the, the South Point folks, uh, they adjust to the schedule. They get up early, and they're uh, they're firing away. So, and as the day goes on, particularly for the folks here, the Pac t- the pack 12 tournament, uh, it, you know, is is going to lead the way. There's no question about it. I mean, the game between uh, Oregon and UCLA, uh, they did take the Ducks in that game. We're down to five uh, off the six opener. Uh, you know, again, and here we go, another in-state rivalry uh, yeah, game, number three between. Ah, uh, the Sun Devils in Arizona. Remember, Arizona State won that game just uh, uh, less, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, at the end of the game, uh, they dominated really on the offensive glass. So uh, we've seen, but uh, uh, we've seen a little bit of support for the Sun Devils here, down to seven and a half off the uh, eight, eight and a half opener. But uh, certainly, the the Pac-12 and the more uh, uh, sophisticated betters, uh, again, as uh, Mike knows all too well, they're uh, migrating to uh, to the totals. Lots of total action uh, today. Uh, on these games, no real surprise there.
7: Yeah, I think we we wrote like 42% to totals of our total college basketball handle yesterday. Wow. Uh, Vin, we talk about this week before the, the madness starts as being such a good week. I'm interested on your take on how the second weekend will change because we have the West Regional here. I'm looking at our room rates. Our room mm-hmm. rates are almost as high for the Sweet 16 weekend as they are for this coming week.
6: Mike, it's a, it's a great point, a great question, and and here we go again, right? We, we did we ever imagine, yeah, uh, even a decade ago that we would that we would see this, and of course we're going to wind up with a final four at some point, but I think Mike, we and what we've always seen, uh, and you know this all too well, is that whenever there is an event here in town, I mean you can you can add anywhere from 15 to 25% more to the handle. So I think when you get uh, to uh, Sweet 16 games being here in Las Vegas, that, that region is certainly going to uh, really, I mean, I don't, I'm not going out on a limb here saying that that's, uh, that week, that region, uh, that regional is going to lead the way. And uh, you know what, uh, you, you mentioned it, room rates reflect it, and uh, certainly the betting handle in our world will reflect it as well.
5: That'll be the Thursday, Saturday, Sweet Mm -hmm. 16 and Elite Eight here in Las Vegas. He is Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker over at the South Point. Vinny, we appreciate the time. As always, be well.
6: Great to be with you guys and best to everyone uh, this weekend uh, on Selection Sunday. And next week. Good seeing you
5: again, Vin. (laughs) Next week we play for keeps with the NCAA (laughs) tournament. Interesting note on the totals, though. We'll discuss that on the other side. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM.
8: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL
2: executive, Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbafei, on v the Sports Betting Network.
5: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID. To open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back. This is The Lombardi Line. He's Mike Palm. I'm Femi Abemfe. We're hanging out here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Coming up in 15 minutes. New York Jets reporter Andy Vasquez of the Star-Ledger and NJ.com will join us to talk all things gangrene. Could Rodgers be coming in the next 24 hours, 48 hours, maybe the start of the new league year? We'll try to get those answers from Andy Vasquez. But we just spoke with Vinny Mayulo in the last segment, Hall of Fame Ozmaker maker over at the South Point, and he brought up a point that I wanted to ask you because he said that about 40% or so of their college basketball handle has been on totals we had our buddy Justin Perry on from shot quality mm-hmm. he had a lot of totals bets do you have a theory as to why we're seeing a lot of betters target these totals versus the sides I think more and
7: more serious betters come here on this weekend because there's more opportunities obviously there's more games than the 16 on if you come next week and it's 16 16 eight eight right that, yeah. that's it we're here small card <laughs> Wednesday Thursday Friday you got games all day you got all kind of different and you have familiarity of teams um the totals actions tends to be more professional, knowledgeable, educated betters, semi-professional. And side betters tend to be more recreational betters. I don't like to say sharp because that implies obtuse, right? I just, I just don't like that term. Yeah. So the, the higher the percentage of plays you see on totals, the more that is more educated, serious betters, uh, And I think they tend to come on this week. I know a few guys that are pros. They don't come out for March Madness. They, they come for this week or these two weeks with the smaller conference mm-hmm. tournament. You know, we had 13 conference tournaments last week as well.
5: Yeah, I mean, because there's games literally <laughs> from, like, what, 8.30 in the morning yeah. until 11 o'clock Somedays at
7: night. Some days, 8 a.m. out here on the <laughs> West
5: Coast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to get up early. Crack up. Get, get that Folgers in your cup. <laughs> uh, that's the best part of waking up. <laughs> that's what they told us, at least. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the, the vibe of this thing because sides – with the recreational betters, it's like okay, let me just pick who's going to win the game and you know lay some points here. If it's, oh it's only yeah. it's only two and a half, and then of course the game then lands two. Uh, that tends to kind of be how things work. But but I mean side betters. I mean it's you, nobody's calling anybody a square for betting sides. I don't think no. that's what oh, we're no, doing no. here. But oh, it's, just, no, no. it's just more of the educated betters tend to think that sides at this point in the season, not much value there. I guess is a fair way to say it.
7: Well, you know, you also have a number of people, the people who are here. Uh, Often come from an area like I said, Ames, Iowa had two boots yesterday, and they're they're betting their team. You know, Mm -hmm. I I we have the Boise podcast here, Boise Bronco Nation. That's a crazy crowd. They got some, you know, they dress up the cowboy and all this stuff. Um, they have a bunch of people out here. We've been building that base through football and through basketball. I ran into like twelve of them yesterday at Barcan. They were all going up to bet on Boise before they headed to Thomas and Max. So there's some of that as well. Also, people who are betting, um betting sides also may do so through futures, either betting the, Mm -hmm. if you don't like futures, here's a future that really isn't a future to bet the winner of these tournaments. They're only holding your money for three or four days. It's not, it's not an eight month ordeal. I mean, I bet for Amber Valdez for the Cy Young. So, I mean, I, I locked my money locked my money up for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, so (laughs) I mean, I, but I accept it because I thought there's some value, but you, you, you get the return the same weekend. This is a good, like mini future. Uh, opportunity that
5: a lot of people take and bet these conference tournaments well i mean you bet you mentioned those futures don't let the money line rollover police come and get you <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't let them come no. and get you man they won't they'll <laughs> tell you that you get a little bit more value <laughs> with the money line rollover for the three four days but i mean it just let people bet how they you want also to have to yeah. you also have to
7: predict who they're playing exactly and, and then you have to predict what the odds are going to be so there's there's some uncertainty
5: too if, if the favorite gets upset on that side of the bracket, then money line Roller isn't going to pay yep, more. Now it's blown up because yep. now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I thought I was going to be able to get plus 180. Now I'm laying minus 200.
7: It's an interesting point you bring up, though, about the math of the game. You know, I know in other states there's these cash out options, right? When you have a parlay going or you have a futures bet and something mm-hmm. happens. I know there was a tweet this morning. Should they cash out a ticket at 20 to 1 on, on somebody? Uh, on Phoenix or something that they had at 20 to one, but now they're worried about the Duran injury and, and the cash out option is X. And, you know, when somebody responded, they said, go where there's a two way market like circa or, or somewhere else. What's the no price is the no price is better than the cash out option. Take the no price. If you have access to it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's
5: obvious math to it as well. A hundred percent. We have about five and a half minutes left in this segment though. I wanted <laughs> to get to some of the bracketology and apply that to the betting here. Cause Joe Lennardi now that we're in the conference tournament, he's updating. I think it's almost like hourly, or at least like three to four hours. He's updating his bracketology. He's ESPN's bracketology expert. And the most recent one that we had for the bracketology, last four buys, it was Boise State, Providence, Penn State, Mississippi State, meaning that if the NCAA tournament was today, those teams would be safely in the field of 64. They would not have to go to Dayton and play in the first four. The first four teams, Rutgers, Pitt, Utah State, Arizona State. Big win for the Sun Devils last night as they can continue to build on their resume there. First four out Oklahoma State, Clemson, Nevada with the loss. Wisconsin also lost a couple nights ago. Then you have the next four out Carolina, Oregon, Vanderbilt, and Michigan. But for a team like, let's say, Oregon or a Clemson, some of these teams that are still in their conference tournaments, they could still impress. Would you be inclined to play on those teams this weekend, or do you think that there's no longer any value because we all have access to the bracketology and maybe the odds makers start to put a little bit of a tax on these teams? I don't buy into that. Just like would you play Carolina yesterday because
7: they needed to win or they needed to string some wins together? <laughs> I mean, Virginia wants to win just as much as Clemson does tonight. Yep. Um, I think more motivation factor goes into when teams get embarrassed. And especially in, like, regular season games. They just get absolutely embarrassed. I like to bet them coming back uh, just because, you know, they're really in a heightened sense, especially if it's a pro team and you're playing 80 games in a season, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't think there's any advantage to saying, oh, Rutgers is in the last four in. Purdue's going to be, you know, Purdue's playing for a one seed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Purdue's playing for a one seed. I always say the biggest difference in the seed, um, if you're a two, you still have to beat a one, right? The biggest difference in the seed is is 3 and 4. Because if you're a 4, you got to beat a 1 and a 2. You, you, you know what I mean? Where you might be able to avoid that in a different order. But anyhow, I don't think that's a reason to say, it. take the points with Rutgers today, because Lenardi has them last 4 in, so they're susceptible. <laughs> they're if motivated. they get blown out, you know, if they can cover the number, the committee will remember they covered the number. There might be something <laughs> to, if they give Purdue a really good game here. Yeah. And that's a last memory of them. I think Rutgers is in. I think Arizona State needs to win tonight. Mm. I really do. And they beat Arizona. Remember the big the, upset in yep, Arizona? The they, buzzer beater. They get the, they get, as, I think they were almost a 12-point dog that day. Seven and a half tonight. They get another chance. They played really well. They were impressive to the eye last night here at uh, at T-Mobile Arena and in,
5: in dominating USC. So then is there a way that you could play Arizona State? Not necessarily taking the points. Would it be maybe playing it through the total? Like we've seen a number of betters t- kind of do there. Do you maybe play a little bit of an under? This <laughs> opened 155 and a half. Now it's 154. That's interesting because I always like to play these first round
7: games under in the, in the tournament because they become much more of a half court game. It's not run and gun. You got to value every defensive possession. You get yep. back. Um, e- even I remember years playing that Utah State team. You know, they'd have ridiculous totals like 54 in the first half. You could play them under. <laughs> they'd be in the 40s and these grinded out styles with a longer shot clock back then, too, though. That's an interesting point about playing a really meaningful game for a team to an under.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's much more of a correlation than playing a side Femi. Yeah, because I, I think that's what we're seeing the market like. The consensus number is 154, but there's still some 154 and a halves. And here at Circa, where we're sitting, just went down yeah. to Arizona 7. I'm surprised that this Wisconsin is first four out. I get him think. out of here. Get him out of here. Get Michigan. Of get here. him
7: out of here. Yeah. Get him in the NIT. Fanny. Honestly. Let's get him to the final. The final four is at the Orleans this year. Not in New York. Oh, it's not, not an MSG. I'd love to have Wisconsin or Michigan. These Midwest schools travel so well. well. Yeah. This be yeah. good for the Vegas
5: economy. Get him in the final four of the NIT. <laughs> so we got to say all our bad stuff about Wisconsin now. Then when we uh, get here, and we'll say, "Oh, no, hey, we welcome. we love the fans. Yeah. Come on out. <laughs> on Wisconsin. <laughs> Let's do it. But did you watch them the other night oh. <laughs> against Ohio State? About to run. I, was on air,
7: I was on air with Sean King. We stopped watching the game, and all of a sudden, 19-5 to 5 run, and they were back in it. But it yeah. was Ohio State jumped on I mean, they, I think they were up almost 30 at yeah. one point in that game.
5: I, I, I was looking up uh, – I was at my, on my computer. Then I, all of a sudden, I looked up at the, the, the screen, and the play-by-play guy said, like, Wisconsin is on a – like 11 to something run or whatever. And it cut it to like 19. I was like, God damn, how many points were they? down? Oh yeah. It was like
7: 28. I looked up, I go, boy, you could have, was you could have, you could have taken the points for the highest state in the second
5: half, up to 18 yeah. and a half. They were
7: up 36, 18 and a half.
5: Yeah, no, I, I that was a, an ugly basketball game. And, and it felt like they were moving with not much urgency in that final minute. So Wisconsin is uh, likely headed towards the NIT. One would imagine after losing in the first round, of the Big Ten Tournament. But we got a good one between Rutgers and Purdue. We'll keep our eyes on that one. Boilermakers up 41-40, under 12, timeout in the second half. But on the other side, Andy Vasquez, Jets reporter for NJ.com, and the star Ledger talking all things gang green here on the Lombardi Line.
2: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei, on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get everything you need to get the madness this year for only nineteen dollars. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets, tools like our exclusive betting splits, plus our Big Dance Bracket and Betting Guides. These guides feature in-depth breakdowns of all 68 teams, Cinderella selections, bracket predictions, and picks on every tournament game from VEASAN experts like Brent Musburger and Greg Hoops-Peterson. Sign up today to get the betting guides plus full access to Vison through the end of the tournament for only $19 at visa.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line presented by bet. MGM Femi and Bebefe hanging out with Mike Palm. Who's filling in for Michael Lombardi. We're over at the Circum resort and casino in downtown Las Vegas, where the, The buzz is palpable with a lot of folks interested with these college basketball games. We're going to table that discussion here for a little bit as we bring in our next guest here this morning, Andy Vasquez of the Star Ledger and NJ.com covering the New York Jets. Andy, we appreciate the time. And we'll start off with uh, the quarterback who could be on the way with the New York Jets. Obviously, the Jets brass went out to California. Woody Johnson, Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, Nathaniel Hackett. The whole crew went to go visit Aaron Rodgers. So are we at the point now to where we're just now waiting for Rodgers to decide, or what's the Jets timeline kind of looking like as the new league year begins next Wednesday?
8: Yeah, it gets real interesting because once you get to Monday, you start getting to the point where you would be negotiating with prospective free agents. And if they don't have something in place, if Rodgers hasn't decided yet at that point, uh, it's almost like you kind of have to start doing your due diligence and making other decisions. So. Uh, We're getting to the point here where they met on Tuesday. It's Friday. Uh, Monday is is kind of the big day in terms of when options could start coming off the table. And obviously, we already saw one option come off the table in Derek Carr uh, while the Jets were clearly waiting on on Rodgers before they even visited with him. So it's it's going to get very interesting if this decision doesn't come soon. Rodgers has said all along he didn't want to drag people through it. I would argue that we're three days before free agency. Um, <laughs> you know, eight weeks after the end of the regular season. Here, uh, it's a little late for that. So, hopefully, the sooner the better on a decision. But yeah, I mean, it gets real interesting because, you know, you you can go for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo starting on Monday, or or even you know make an offer on Lamar Jackson on Wednesday. So, uh, this this gets interesting. I I hope we'll find out this weekend, and and apparently the the Packers don't know either. You know, if he's retiring, if he's if he wants a trade or if he wants to return to them. So it's interesting time, but it's all in Aaron Rodgers' court. Andy, if this deal
7: does get done with Aaron Rodgers and maybe this weekend, and it's a short term solution, a year or two solution, what does that mean in your opinion for Zach Wilson's future with the Jets?
8: Well, I think the Jets I mean, they'll say that it's a chance for him to work with his childhood idol and and it'll they'll kind of pitch it as the perfect, you know, redemption story, but I mean there's a lot of stuff to work through here if you if you look through obviously the way he played last year was not good enough and and as a rookie as well. And then you the way his teammates have kind of been openly lobbying for any other option and this is a guy <laughs> who said he want, wants to win the job back. So and he's kind of become a bit of a you know, you know for lack of a better term, a punchline around the league and around the sports world. That's how badly things went, especially the way it ended on that Thursday night um, against the Jaguars when when the Jets' playoff hopes also went down. I mean, they had a chance the next week, but that was pretty much when you knew how it was going to go. So I, I think it's going to be really hard for him to mentally be able to salvage something. He's obviously got all of those accuracy issues and and reading the defense-type issues to work through as well. Having Aaron Rodgers there, you know, they, they seem to be friendly and have a good relationship. It could help. But it's also like, how do you rely on this guy as your backup when you have a team that's going for it this year as well? So it's very interesting. The Jets have some tough decisions to make. And uh, I personally think, you know, I I don't see how he's the only other quarterback on the roster this year, because how does your team believe that you can win a Super Bowl with that? But we're speaking with Andy Vasquez,
5: Jets beat reporter for the Star Ledger and NJ.com. Andy, you brought up this name in the first question here, Lamar Jackson. And Lamar obviously is on the tag with the Baltimore Ravens, but teams can start to reach out to him on Wednesday when the new league year begins. Is there any indication that the jets would be interested if Rodgers continues to kind of drag this thing out? Could they maybe pivot to a younger quarterback who also is a former MVP?
8: There hasn't been anything specific or anything that I've heard yet, but it would be smart. I mean, if this is still a question mark at this point at the point where they could, you know, enter a bid on him. It would it would they'd have to seriously consider it. Now, obviously the ball is in the Ravens court and they can do whatever they want. They can match it, even if the Jets, you know, decide to fully guarantee a deal and, and Baltimore, maybe Baltimore just wanted to see if another team would do that. But uh I, I mean I think it's an intriguing option. You could make a, a strong argument that he's the better option moving forward just because he's not a short term guy. He's a long term guy. He's only 26 years old. He's he's been a league MVP and he's not on his way out. He's on the way into his prime. So uh, I think they should be looking at it right now, but I I think it's pretty clear that they're all in on Rodgers. And then if this falls through, uh, yeah, I think, or if there's still a question next week, I think all the options kind of come onto the table.
7: Andy, Brees Hall is near and dear to our heart. I taught school in Boone, Iowa, about 12 miles west of Ames, and he and his family were at the D, our sister property, during draft day. He was well on his way to offensive rookie of the year before uh, the ACL injury. Can you give us an update on Brees Hall? How he's coming along with the injury?
8: Yeah, I caught up with him at the Super Bowl actually a few weeks ago, and he he's moving well, walking well. He said he hasn't started the the serious like running and cutting stuff yet, but but the plan is to do that at the end of the season. He said that his recovery was way ahead of schedule, so. He expects to be back uh, week one and for training camp. I'm guessing we won't see much of him in the offseason program just because it, it doesn't make sense to kind of, you know, a guy coming off that injury to push it. Uh, I, I'm guessing he'll have a limited load in training camp and and the plan will be for him to be ready week one. He's obviously a huge part of this offense. You know, they I think they lost, you know, seven of their last eight games or something like that when he was out. and. They just weren't the same. They, they couldn't score a touchdown the last three games with the playoffs on the line. Uh, they had an offensive identity when he was there. It was give him the ball and let him kind of set the tone. And and he was turning broken plays into touchdowns. It was phenomenal to watch. Uh, and it was unfortunate the way it ended. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how he comes back because running backs you know, struggle a lot of times the, the year after an ACL. We saw it with Saquon. Uh, Brees feels like he's not gonna have those problems, but he knows it's gonna be, you know, there's gonna be some hurdles when you're coming back from this kind of injury. So uh, it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, how it changes his workload and how it changes the way he runs, especially early in the year, next year, it's gonna be interesting to watch from the get go. Andy, obviously a lot
5: of the Jets off season talk has been centered around the quarterback position, but what are some other kind of holes that need to be filled? Some other priorities that they have this off season with the legal tampering beginning on Monday?
8: Yeah, well, the offensive line is an issue. Connor McGovern, their starting center, is is likely to be headed elsewhere, so they should be looking for, for a center. They also could be looking for tackle depth or guard depth. It kind of depends what they're going to do with Elijah Vera Tucker uh, next year because he's coming back from a season-ending injury as well, and he played just about every position on the line but center. So they could make him a tackle. They could make him a guard. It kind of gives them some flexibility during free agency when they're trying to improve their offensive line. I wouldn't be surprised if they added another weapon at receiver with Braxton Barrios leaving, although that's not a huge priority because they have two very capable, capable guys in Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, who obviously had a rough year last year, but I think he's going to be an important part of the offense this year on defense. They need some, some more coverage at linebacker. Obviously CJ Mosley had a, had a great year, a pro bowl year, but they lacked, they struggled covering all year long. And, and it was also, an issue at safety. So those are two more positions where you could see the jets move on from Jordan Whitehead. I think um, I don't know if Quincy Williams is going to be coming back. That's another issue at linebacker. So those are some of the issues, but um, I think the offensive line is the biggest one for the jets headed into this offseason. They need to solidify that for Rodgers or whoever is the quarterback.
7: Andy, take you out on this in the betting markets, which are already moving as if this deal is done. The jets are now the fourth choice in the AFS to win the AFC. Behind the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills. Does Rodgers coming to the Jets automatically almost put them on par with the Bills in the AFC East?
8: Well, yeah, I think it does, to be honest with you. If you look at it last year, I mean, they beat the Bills, and they played them really tough in Buffalo on a tough day when Mike White ended up leaving that game, and Joe Flacco couldn't get anything done. So. Um, if Mike White had stayed in that game, I, I mean, they still had a chance to win going down if, if, if Michael Carter doesn't fumble a ball as they're headed toward the end zone in the fourth quarter, they, they may have won that game. So I think definitely their defense, they, they have something figured out against the bills. They, they handled them really well this year. I think, uh, if they had had a good quarterback play last year, this could have been a 10 or 11 win team. I mean, they had seven wins at the start of December and then they just went into the tank. Uh, there are questions i don't think their defense is quite as good as everybody gave it credit for last year and they've certainly got to figure things out in terms of play calling we're going to see what it's like with with nathaniel hackett but yeah i think they can definitely be on par with the bills and be a, a real threat in the afc a team that people don't want to face right now there's currently
5: nine to one to win the afc he is andy vasquez covers the jets for the nj.com and the star ledger andy we appreciate the time man be well thanks for having me guys appreciate it All right. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM.
0: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye.
3: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
2: Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points to MGM Rewards points that you can use dining, shows, and hotel rooms. Over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense. Remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femia Bebefe. Hanging out with Mike Palm here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, Thank you to all three of our guests throughout this show. Justin Perry, college basketball betting analyst over at Shot Quality. Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker over at the South Point. Then Andy Vasquez, who we had on the last segment, New York Jets beat writer for the Star Ledger and NJ.com. Thank you to those gentlemen for helping us make this a better show. Um, Before we get into the college basketball card from today, let's hand out our pro tip for the day and the pro tips you can catch them over at vson.com slash tips pro tips across the entire network from every single show and they help you be a better bettor and the one that we were talking about earlier on in the show was with some of these desperate teams situational spots where a team is on the bubble and that's all the discussion in college basketball right now who's going to be the one seed who's going to make it into the tournament who's on that bubble maybe avoid playing the sides and maybe look towards the totals with those desperate teams
7: Yeah, short sample size here, Mississippi State. I know Lenardi said they were in with the win, but still in the first four buys, here's a game, a total of 137, uh, pacing to be under 60 here in the first half uh, Mm. uh, of this game. Yeah, instead of the conventional wisdom, and you brought up a great point, Femi, of looking to play the side that's desperate, Mm -hmm. which may already be baked into the number, look at it as, as if it was... An NCAA tournament game, especially his first round, with our played possession by possession half court basketball, you value each possession, so you get back on defense. They very rarely become open court games, and so look at the total as an under when it's a win or you're out situation.
5: Yeah, I mean it's a great way to play these things. And We talked about that with the Arizona State and Arizona game later on tonight down the street at T-Mobile Arena, and the market is starting to bet that under opened 155 and a half. It's as low as 154 right now, so. A way to maybe play the Sun Devils is to go ahead and play that thing under, knowing that Arizona likes to kind of get up and down the floor. That's their preferred brand of basketball. Well, let's get into some of these games that are about to tip off here later on in the day. The Big East Tournament is one of my personal favorites at the Garden. Feels like just the the the, the players rise to the occasion of, of playing in the Mecca. Well, we have the first semifinal between UConn and Marquette. And right now, the Huskies are four-point favorites, total 147.5. Marquette probably should have lost yesterday. Combine that with the fact that all the numbers love UConn, and I think it's no surprise that the Huskies are getting bet here.
7: Yeah, um, I, I looked at this number. I originally thought this number might be closer to two, but off the performances yesterday, I think that steams it up a little bit. A lot of people thought Marquette should be out already here. Probably an appropriate number. Uh, it's starting to get tempting. This number gets to four. I, I lean Marquette just to, because they can score. Uh, and I lean over in the total here at 146.5. Not an official
5: play, though. I mean, the angle of Shaka Smart as an underdog, that's that's going to at what least get to jo- What a great job he's done there. Hell of a job. Hell of a job. Yeah. I, I think overall
7: the tenure at Texas was disappointing after he turned that VCU program around. But great early results here at
5: Marquette. I think Marquette's like the perfect size program for him. Like Texas, it's yeah. there's a lot of handlers, too, a lot going too much on. Much involved. The boosters yeah. run the program. Yeah. I mean, they they didn't want Rick
7: Barnes. They ran <laughs> Rick Barnes out of town. You can argue Rick Barnes can't get to the Final Four, but yeah. Rick Barnes a heck of a basketball. Yeah. His I teams mean seems good. He competed with Clemson in the ACC when it's at its prime, and he didn't have much talent. He can coach anywhere, but. Uh, it's really tough at Texas.
5: Yeah, I think they want Nick Saban, and I think they nice. want Bill Self to be their coaches or something the, like that. Like, I don't know what they want. The expectations in football and basketball. It's ridiculous. Are, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's, ridiculous. it's the
7: worst. It's, it's right. like I'm Amal I setting the expectations. You got to win a championship
5: every year. You're <laughs> right. a championship where <laughs> you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Amal said. <laughs> we love you, Amal. Check out the handle, Amal and Patrick coming up later this afternoon. <laughs> uh staying in the biggies, Creighton and Xavier, the Blue Jays, three and a half point favorites, totals at 152 and a half. I had a lot of success playing Creighton unders, mm. kind of in the second half. Once conference play got under underway here, this could be yeah. another spot where the market kind of likes this under against the Musketeers.
7: Yeah. Mm. Um shot quality is on the under as well. Justin had mm. uh he he's got Xavier and uh, the under in this game today which is a which is a big total so it's interesting to hear that uh, that you've been doing that with greatness. I think they're dangerous to it at, at 35 40 to 1 in the tournament. I I don't know. You got to figure out which of these big east teams is going to make a, an elite eight final four
5: run. I think it's Creighton. Like they're well yeah. ba- they're well balanced and and that's one of the reasons why I've ha- I think I've had success playing some of their unders cuz you look at their offensive metrics and it's like okay, this team can score the basketball, but they're also really good defensively. I think that they're one of those chameleon type of teams that they can play an up-tempo game. They can play a grinded out kind of game, which is what you need in the tournament. Because if you want to go ahead and win six games over the course of three weeks, you're going to play different types of teams along the way. Creighton checks a lot of those boxes being that team that's well-balanced, and that's what you'd look for heading into the tournament. And they had a lot of hype dating back to this time last year. Uh, about this upcoming season that everyone said, hey, Creighton's the long shot. I think the hype got a little out of control by the time we got to the preseason portion of it. But uh, I feel like Creighton's starting to live up to uh, all those expectations.
7: You know, interesting about that, you, the other the semifinal, UConn and Marquette. You know, UConn was favored at Marquette as well this year. They were, they were a, a three-point favorite and then mm-hmm. five and a half when they met in Hartford. And so three and a half seems like a very reasonable
5: number, I guess, when you consider that how about the big 12 tournament we have mm. the 2 semifinal games Iowa State Kansas TCU Texas uh, I know you look like you were interested in that TCU Texas game horn frogs are catching two totals 146 and a half I'm gonna play the under
7: I hope it doesn't go down uh, go down too much with that big variance um, from the shot quality crew of, of 16 points to the to the I mean their predictive final score is like 131. Uh, here, So I'm going to play it there. I think this will be a really good game. They played two great games already this year, uh, uh, earlier in the year. I mean, they come down to a bucket. I think it's a tight game. I don't want to lay two and a half here because I think it's probably going to come down to the last minute of the game. But uh, let's go under 146 and a half as an official play. I agree with that. They, they, Texas tends to grind
5: these games out. Yeah, If you were to look at the side, especially the Texas side of things, mm-hmm. I know some betters. There's always the debate on: should you lay two? Should you just play it on the money line? Where do you stand when it's about two and a half or less? There with a favorite.
7: I think when that when the number is between one and a half and and two and a half, I'm in college basketball. I prefer the money line. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get to three, the price starts to run up on you, at how much you have to lay in the juice. Um but uh yeah if I was if I like Texas here tonight and I didn't you know if I'm if I'm a guy that makes a number and the game I said Texas should be six, so I'm gonna play him, I'll lay the two and a half. But you know, if 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 I'm a guy that I think I just think this is a good spot for Texas here, they're peaking, they'd be Kansas at home, TCU played just, you know, they 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 had a hard I, I would take the money line in this spot. I think Matt Humans agrees with that too, and he's yeah. a pretty sharp college basketball guy. Yeah. Just align your interests with the interests of the team. <laughs> this, this is what we don't talk enough about on the network, family. I mean, we talk about handicapping, we don't talk enough about how do you bet the games. Yeah. How do you make money as a better? And that's a great point about do you take the money line or delay
5: the points. Iowa State and Kansas will be the first semifinal in the big 12 mm. Jayhawks of course without Bill self he's not going to coach the rest of the tournament doing to a health issue hopefully he'll be okay and ready to roll for the NCAA tournament with the Jayhawks being a one seed but Kansas four and a half point favorites against Iowa State totals 130 this to be an electric atmosphere over there in Kansas City
7: yeah this is going to be an awesome atmosphere here I think this line's about right Iowa State took them right down to the wire as the seven and a half point, eight point, seven and a half, eight point dog in Lawrence, and then they played very well against them. They beat Kansas by 15, uh, catching a point and a half at home in Ames in February. I think it's a real good competitive. game. I wouldn't be shocked if Iowa State wins it here. Kansas deserves to be the favorite. You can make the argument Kansas is the best team in the country. Oh. They're the defending. People that are talking about they're the defending national yeah, champions. They're going to do it again. The resume. <laughs> I, 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 you can make that argument. They're playing at home in Kansas City. Um, no result. I I can't. I will enjoy watching this game. I'm not going to get involved. This is better. How about
5: the ACC game, Duke and Miami? Uh, apparently everybody loves Miami. All those the, the liability. But everybody loves have? Duke here. Duke's they favorite in Duke, the yeah. favorite in this matchup. Um,
7: Miami beat them by 20 something when they played down in South Florida. Duke won a close game at Duke. Uh, I think Miami wins the tournament. Duke, maybe Duke is peaking. They're the North Carolina this year. They're a seven Could or be. an eight seed that can make that run to the to Could the be. final four here. I'm tempted to take the two and a half in this game. I just wow. think Miami's the best team in the ACC. I, I don't think it's really that close. They've been the most consistent. Um, We'll see if I pull the trigger
5: when this game is going to go four o'clock our time. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one over in Greensboro, where the ACC tournament should always be, by the way. That does Remember it for it was us when We at here? the CAP
7: Center for a few years it it no was in Atlanta, it was the Omni, Brooklyn last oh, year. Oh, that
5: was the worst. <laughs> He's Mike Palm. I'm Femi Abbefe for our producer, Elliot Bowman. We wish you all the best of luck. VCEN Best Bets is coming up next here on VCEN D Sports Betting Network.